Debbie George Addis today on America Can We Talk. Both Trumps taking the truth about socialism to the Venezuelans, the LGBTQ agenda, and force feeding gender confusion to children. The deep state sues to stop the border wall, the Dem states rather, and maybe if we have time, a follow up on the Jesse Smollett. Truth is catching up with him. Stay tuned. Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. America Can We Talk, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my first five. President Trump and his wife were in Florida yesterday talking to a crowd supportive of and including, in fact, many Venezuelan refugees. I'm going to play some clips in just a moment. But, you know, we have the 2020 presidential election. will be here. I mean, it's astonishing to say, you know, less than two years away, it's revving up on the American left. Among the major battles next year in, the, <clears throat> in our presidential elections will be the question of do we want secure borders or not? You know, border rule, border policy and immigration. And the primary one about socialism. President Trump did such a good job speaking, as did his wife. So I want to start with this clip from, the, uh, from yesterday in Florida. All of you, as we <coughs> together support the people, great people of Venezuela. Many of you in the room know what it feels like to be blessed with freedom after living under the oppression of socialism and communism. In Venezuela, the people are on the brink of reclaiming their own liberty. Today, we must let the Venezuelan people hear us all with one united voice. There is hope. We are free. And we pray together, loudly and proudly, that soon the people of Venezuela will be free as well. We're here to proclaim a new day is coming in Latin America. It's coming. In Venezuela and across the Western Hemisphere, socialism is dying and liberty, prosperity, and democracy are being reborn. Today, our hearts are filled with hope because of the determination of millions of everyday Venezuelans, the patriotism of the Venezuelan National Assembly, and the incredible courage of interim president Juan Guaido. The people of Venezuela are standing for freedom and democracy, and the United States of America is standing right by their side. As we meet today, the people of Venezuela stand at the threshold of history, ready to reclaim their country and to reclaim their future. Not long ago, Venezuela 
was the wealthiest nation by far in South America. But years of socialist rule have brought this once thriving nation to the brink of ruin. That's where it is today. The tyrannical socialist government nationalized private industries and took over private businesses. They engaged in massive wealth confiscation, shut down free markets, suppressed free speech, and set up a relentless propaganda machine, rigged elections, used the government to persecute their political opponents, and destroyed the impartial rule of law. In other words, the socialists have done in Venezuela all of the same things that socialists, communists, totalitarians have done everywhere that they've had a chance to rule. The results have been catastrophic. This was a brilliant point in this speech. And I was a little bit long for clips. Sorry for to start the show with that. But what President Trump is doing is describing not just to the Venezuelans who already know what they went through, to the American people. Listen to the litany he just said. It's exactly where today's Democrat Party is. This is a Democrat Party. Talk about rigged elections. They put up a bill in Congress to say to force the methods used in California that are just rife with fraud, that create fraud, that cause elections to be won by people voting who are not citizens. The Democrats are doing all of the things Trump just listed. Rigging elections, weaponizing the government against the people. The Obama administration wrote the book on it. They are the, they are the dictionary definition of weaponizing the government against their own people. So he talked about socialist rule. He talked about tyrannical power. He talked about nationalizing industries. This Green New Deal is nationalizing the entire energy industry in this country. On top of that, destroying thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands, or probably millions of jobs. They, the Democrats are talking about redistributing wealth. He talked about the government confiscated wealth. He, in this speech, is paralleling Exactly. He's talking about what the Venezuelan socialists did, how it destroyed their country. They went from the wealthiest country in South America to one where the people are starving in the streets and eating zoo animals. This is a brilliant speech. It ought to be required listening for every voter in this country before they start even thinking about voting in 2020. Love this speech. Love the passion. Love the fire. I love also the unabashed condemnation of socialism as repressive and as the opposite of liberty, the opposite of prosperity. Also very powerful, having his lovely wife, Melania, there. If you you likely know, but she is by background from Slovenia. Slovenia, which became part of the kingdom of the Serbs, the Croats, the Croats, and the Slo- uh, Slovenes in 1918, later became part of Yugoslavia, governed by Tito, a communist dictator, overarching un- or underneath the uh, rule of the Russian communists. Having her there, her lovely face, first of all, her obviously, you know, uh, accent and the way she speaks English. She and people around the world hearing her, they know that she knows 
Her people know. Her her ancestors and her people in, in the former Eastern, Eastern Bloc countries, they know what socialism is. The idea, we're sitting here just prior to the 2020 elections with the newly elected Democrat majority in Congress spending time debating whether or not they can get on with every single solitary component of the Green New Deal, the socialist takeover of America. Folks, if you had the Green New Deal come along and you were scripting it, you were a Republican trying to make, you know, think how can we get this story out? How can we show people? You'd be wishing that there was some example like Venezuela occurring. I mean, the unbelievable you know, I don't even, you, you can't even, I don't know, coincidence, it's more than that. But the unbelievable opportunity every Republican politician has in this country to say a vote for the Democrats is a vote for America to become Venezuela. It's that simple. It doesn't matter whether you like President Trump, you think he's too brusque, you think he's too bold, you don't like his personality, you think you shouldn't tweet so much. The choice in 2020 is between freedom and prosperity and socialism and misery. There is, I mean, there are many other issues. We're going to have to discuss every single one, and you know I will on this show. I'll discuss them all. I love talking about all the issues that shape and mold a country. But this was a brilliant speech, a brilliant laying out of exactly what the Democrats have done this country in the last eight years under Obama, continuing today, and what happened and caused and brought about the complete collapse of the Venezuelan country. It was a brilliant speech. Actually, on our website, americacanwetalk.org, there's a link to this. The uh, Anything I talk about on the show today, there's a link to the stories on the homepage of americacanwetalk.org. Uh, on the homepage, right across the top, I think it says, I'm not sure what it says, podcast or something. I mean, you go down, it says list of links. I really urge you to go listen to this whole speech. It makes you realize this is a president who's willing to say the hard truths. He is willing to say what has to be said. Great speech, great springboard for discussing what's going to happen 2020. This is my first five for today. We come back from this break, which is going to be three seconds. Do not go anywhere. Three second break. We're going to change topics entirely. I'm going to talk to you about a case happening in Texas and the LGBTQ agenda force-feeding gender confusion to small children. You won't believe it. Stay tuned. And welcome back to America Can We Talk? You know, it's very easy for Republican politicians, talk show hosts, pundits to write about issues that are kind of red meat Republican issues that are less controversial than some. Talk about taxes, immigration policy, supporting the military, the rule of law, all sorts of issues that, you know, pretty much was pretty wide agreement on the conservative side. But Many other issues also shape America's future. And my show, this show, America Can We Talk, I am dedicated to talking about all the issues, issues that will form and shape and either protect and uphold or destroy this precious, extraordinary country, America, the world's experiment in liberty. So I'm going to talk about a really controversial issue today. But I'm going to start by telling you that I want to talk about the LGBTQ agenda and particular 
the transgender, uh, just, you know, this explosion the last four or five years of the idea of transgenderism, the taking over of the transgender, transgender ideology, the transgender mission, the notion that no one can even question anything related to the transgender or LGBTQ mission. Well, I'm going to start first with a, uh, this is a clip. This is a doctor. Um, I'm going to bring up her uh, on the screen here. She is a, um, her name is Dr. Michelle Critella. She is a pediatrician and she is the president of the American College of Pediatricians. She is going to talk about the idea of transgenderism and what, how it relates to actual science. This is Dr. Michelle Critella, pediatrician. Go ahead. Congratulations, it's a boy. <clears throat> or congratulations, it's a girl. As a pediatrician for nearly 20 years, that's how many of my patient relationships began. Her bodies to clear our sex. Biological sex is not assigned. Sex is determined at conception by our DNA, stamped into every cell of our bodies. Human sexuality is binary. Either you have a normal Y chromosome and develop into a male, or you don't, and you will develop into a female. There are at least 6,500 genetic differences between men and women. Hormones and surgery cannot and do not change this. Let's be clear. No one is born transgender. Okay, this doctor took just a little bit of heat from making this video. In fact, more than a little bit of heat. But what she's getting at is this idea that your sex, whether you're a male or female, is imprinted into every cell of your body from the moment of conception is not an idea that any doctor is arguing with her about. No one is saying she's wrong about that. She is criticized, however, by some, in fact, many in the, among pediatricians, and, the, and she's the president of the American College of Pediatricians, a very small group, there's a large American Academy of Pediatricians, and they are critical of her. <clears throat> what they say is, yeah, what she's saying is true, but gender is different from sex. Gender is like how you feel. It's an emotion. It's what you think. It's not really related to your, your biology. It's just, it's how you think. It's how you feel. I could play her whole long clip, but it will take way too long. I'm not going to do that. But she goes into that point that, you know, we have a lot of things that we say are emotions. You know, people, some people are shy. That's it's part of their identity. They're shy. Some are outgoing. You know, some are leaders. Some are followers. All sorts of things that make us unique in our identity. But only in recent times have we Americans started to accept the idea that what you think your gender is, is what you are. That we've gone, gone over the bridge to say, what you think you are becomes what you are. And then we've had, of course, you know, so much attention on the transgender issue in this, in this country. We've had so much attention. I mean, maybe the Bruce Jenner thing brought it. Now, Caitlyn Jenner brought that out. But what I want to talk about is America's culture, our, our, our very being, what we are as a country, we are a country where we have, we're based on families, family units. For many Americans, the idea of how you raise your children, what you think about life, where you think life comes from, 
who or what is a source of life is rooted in your faith. It's rooted in the idea that, as it says in Genesis, you know, God created male and female, male and female created he them, you know, I mean, it talks about God creating men and women. And what this woman and others who support her, uh, this Michelle, doctor, we just had it, Michelle, keep losing your last name, Critton or something, um, Critella, uh, is basically saying is there's nothing that, you know, that is a valid, I mean, she, she's a Christian trying to say, this is what identity is. It's, it's, so she's okay with using her faith and getting her around to saying, you're not really a, um, you know, you're not born as one thing and really inside you're something else. You, you are what you were created to be. Well, there are other people participating in this discussion who are experts in the world. I want to read just one quick quote. This is from Dr. Paul McHugh, University Distinguished Service Professor of Psychiatry at Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, who said, who talked about people having surgery to change genders, to change sexes. Transgendered men do not become women, nor do transgendered women become men. All, including Bruce Jenner, become feminized men or masculinized women counterfeits or impersonators of the sex with which they identify in that lies their problematic future there is so the reason i wanted to raise this was you know this is an ongoing discussion in our society you know how we deal with the transgender movement how we deal with the um apparent desire of some people to change genders well it's a whole thing it's a whole different question if you are an adult like Bruce slash Caitlyn Jenner is, and you want to make that choice. I mean, you know, this is a, it's a free country. You're an adult. If you can find a doctor who wants to do that for you, you know, this is a free country. But what has happened in our political conversation, our cultural conversation, is we've lost the ability to assert that facts exist to assert that truth exists, that people who are born boys, they simply are male, and people who are born girls are female. And whatever drugs they take, surgery they engage in, they don't really change that core identity. Now, whether we as a society, and as I say, if you're talking about adults, whatever they want to do is fine. People can do what they want. But what's happened is, because we have simply surrendered to the militant confrontation by the transgender movement of the idea, <clears throat> excuse me, of the idea that people can change genders simply because they think they want to, we're now at the place where we have a case. This is just one case in Texas, but it matters to tell you about it because it's happening all over this country. There is a case in Texas involving a couple, parents, a man and a woman, who had twin boys. These twin boys are, were not identical, I guess, but twin boys. And at the age of three, when the boys were very young, the parents were going through a divorce. The mom decided that one of the boys was really a girl, or should be a girl, or should become a girl. So this mom took this three-year-old child three-year-old child to a, and I'm going to get the name of the kind of expert she brought this child to, but took the child to a um, gender 
trans, transition therapist at age three who diagnosed this little boy with gender dysphoria, which is a mental conflict between physical sex and perceived gender, and began at that time to advocate for the idea that this little boy had to be changed into a girl. The dad, you know, they're going through a divorce, but he's still involved. He's saying, no, no, this little boy, he likes being a boy. He wants to be a boy. He's at our house with the twins. They play with boys. They play with boy toys. They do boy things. They like to get dirty in the mud. They like to roll around the mud. They like to, you know, they act like boys. The mom insists that this one really likes to be a girl. So when they got to be old enough to go to school, the mom registered the one that she wants to change into a girl, registered that child at school as a girl. So instead of her twin boys, she registered one child, James, under the girl's name, Luna, L-U-N-A. Like the mom's loony, and she named the kid Luna. I digress. Anyway, so the kid's at school, dressing as a girl. The kid's at the mom's house. The kid is forced to wear girl clothes. The kid goes to his dad's house. The kid's like, you know, dad, I'm a guy. But what it, I'm telling you this story to get at the idea that this aggressive presentation of transgenderism as normal is, you know, one thing for Bruce Jenner, a whole another can of worms when we fail to confront it when we're talking about children. So this little boy named James, but you can, by the way, you can read his whole story. If you go to savejames.com, savejames.com, his whole story is there. Every single pleading, the parents are battling this out in court. They're battling it out because the dad is saying, this is, you know, he wants full custody. This, she's abusing this child. The little, the mom is saying the dad shouldn't have custody because he won't admit that the little boy is really a girl. So they're in this battle. I want to read you some of the things the judge has decided. This case is in front of a judge. The parents are battling over custody. The judge has decided, for example, that the mom needs support and financial backing. So the court is requiring Jeff, the dad, the dad must pay for the transgender therapy and the future, future sexual mutilation of his son. I am not talking about 10 years away. I'm talking about in the state of Texas, which is relatively conservative. In the state of Texas, you can actually begin the, the chemical transgendering process when the kid is eight years old. Eight years old. So the kid is going to start getting chemical castration starting next year. Or actually, I think this story is like a year. I think it might be this year. It's coming right up. But the dad is saying, don't do this to this boy. The court is requiring the dad to pay for this, even though he doesn't want it. The mom is the one that wants it. She doesn't have any money. The court has also enjoined, which means forbidden, issued an order to the dad against the dad saying that he, he must, uh, that he cannot dress this little boy 
as a boy when he goes to school because the mom wants him to be a girl at school. So the dad cannot dress him as a boy. The dad is forbidden by the court to teach his own son that he is a boy. The dad is forbidden by the court from sharing religious teachings with his son on sexuality and gender. In other words, the court has taken the side of the transgender strident activists, shutting down the parent's right to even teach this child that, as many Christians believe, I'm going to assume his dad believes, God is a source of life. God made you a boy or a girl. God made you a boy, James. That dad cannot teach his own son that view because that is offensive that is um, that is confusing to the child so the dad can't even teach his own son those things he has been accused by his ex-wife of abuse for simply saying that his boy is a son is his son there was a little episode they described at the therapist the mom and dad were there they had the little james they had a piece of paper in the table that said james One said Luna. So when the therapist asked the kid, you know, who are you? If the mom was in the room, the kid picked Luna. If the dad was in the room, the kid picked James. So obviously the kid is trying to keep his parents happy. He's trying to go along with whatever they want. Well, the reason I urge you to go read this website, savejames.com, is because it's filled with stories of family friends. I mean, parents with sons that hang out with these twins who say, this is a boy if there ever was a boy. He's a boy. He likes boy things. He plays. And I've got to tell you, folks, there's always been, in, throughout human history, since time began, there have been boys and men who were a little bit more effeminate. There have been girls and women who were a little more masculine than most girls and women. It's not like there's some you know, rock-solid stereotype that all boys must be this way and all girls must be this way. People are individuals. We've always had a range or a stream of, a range of qualities and expressed by individuals. So some women are kind of more tomboys, some girls more tomboys, some boys more effeminate. But we've taken that range of, you know, of human behavior and legitimized, legitimized, an opinion about what a child is. In this case, who even knows what the child would really say if ever given the chance to say anything. But right now, what's happening to this child, because the court has taken the mom's side, is he is going to begin to face chemical castration. As I say, I'm pretty sure it's this year, like coming up the next few months, because the mom wants him to be a girl. All of these testimonies you read at this website, I, don't mean, I mean testimonies, I mean just people recounting, I know this kid, he's a boy, he plays like a boy, he wants, when he's at his dad's house, the dad says, he never asked for girl clothes, even if I gave, give him a choice, he says, no, I want to be a boy. So this, the danger, what I'm getting at is a, a couple of things about this politically. One is that the American left, as they do on so many issues, always present two options. You either 
agree hook, line, and sinker with everything the left says on every topic, every point, or else you are labeled, and then you pick your list of labels. You are homophobic, transphobic, um, genderphobic. You are racist, sexist, uh, xenophobic, all the things they come up with. The left gives no play, no reality, no validity to trying to have a rational conversation about this issue. I'll share a couple other things about um, that woman, that doctor I played a little while ago. She talked about a case she had as a pediatrician where the parents brought their, I think it was three or four year old boy in and said they were kind of wondering what was going on with him because he used to play with boy things. And then he, at a certain age, he started to play really preferred dolls, kind of like girls' clothes. And they were asking her, what, what do you think is going on? So she said she didn't know, but she sent him to a, a family therapist. So the family therapist, the, the parents and the kid are at this therapist, and they're, you know, playing with toys, watching how he plays, engaging the kid. And the kid, as it turned out, said to his dad, his parents, in the middle of this therapy, as he's picking up, he had a, a, boy, a kind of a boy toy, a truck. And the kid said, he put the truck down, he said, you don't like me when I'm a boy. You like me better when I'm a girl. And the parents were like, what, what are you talking about? Well, as what had happened, the family was that after this boy was born, I guess a year and a half later or so, the parents had a second child. They had a girl, a girl with extreme special needs. So the parents, you know, majority of time focused was on this girl with special needs. This boy is watching this, processing this, thinking, oh, the way to get attention from my parents is to be a girl. So when they figure that out, they continue through counseling. The boy is happy on his path to being a boy. There was another thing. I can't even play all the things I love to share with you today on this topic. But also in this, uh, as I was researching for this show, I found many videos uh, of people who had begun the process of changing gender and then said, you know what? I, I was really wrong. I, I made a huge mistake in my life. I want to switch back to what I am. One little story was a, a girl who had decided in high school she was really a guy. She'd unfortunately actually engaged in some of the surgery you might have in order to transition away from being a woman uh, to becoming male. And then once she was being treated like a male and conducting her life like a male, she realized, I don't like being a male at all. I'd rather be female. And I'm getting at the idea that there's not just a slam dunk, you know, uh, harsh way that it, that helps anyone in trying to solve these issues in our society. We're in a place in America where the transgender stridency has so overtaken our society that we don't even have rational discussions anymore. We end up with a child who is about to be turned from a boy to a girl when multiple indicators all of the tests that are normally the assessments, the bullet points check off. Do, he doesn't meet those as a child having gender dysphoria. But the court finds it easier to humor the mother and let her engage in this transgender thing than to stand with the dad who's saying, 
he's a boy, and I ought to be able to teach him that he's a boy. I want to play another little clip from this same doctor before I tell you a few more stories and try to make my points about why this should matter to you. Here she is. P.S. If a girl who insists she is a man has been on testosterone daily for one year, she's cleared to get a bilateral mastectomy at age 16. Now mind you, the American Academy of Pediatrics recently came out with a report that urges pediatricians to caution teenagers about getting tattoos because tattoos are essentially permanent and can cause scarring. But this same AAP is 110% in support of 16-year-old girls getting a double mastectomy, even without parental consent, so long as the girl insists that she is a man and has been taking testosterone daily for one year. This, this whole story is, first of all, I love calling attention to this child, savejames.com. Go to that website. You can support the dad. He's running out of money to fight this lawsuit, to fight this, to stand up for his son. The wife, and, the, and he's paying for what his wife wants to do to their son. But you know, among the many things that will ultimately hurt and change our society are the loss of the right of a parent to protect their child from the latest trendy thought. And if transgenderism is anything, it is a trendy mindset. It's pushing around the courts. It's pushing around the schools. It's pushing around so many facets of our society, which I will discuss in a moment, that we end up with a kid in the state of Texas who is facing what he does not want to happen to him because it's easier to humor the transgender bullies than it is to stand up for the idea that maybe this is really a boy and maybe we ought to be a little bit careful and cautious before we permit this transgender process to be undertaken for this boy. We are losing sight of the idea that truth exists. He's a boy. He will always be a boy, no matter what his mother does to him, no, whenever, no matter what chemicals do to him, no matter what surgery he has, he will always be a boy because that was imprinted in his DNA from birth. Second, we're losing the idea that a parent's spiritual Christian and, and Judeo-Christian values have relevance, should be weighed in the equation, should be considered in deciding how to handle this. Somehow, the transgender movement gets bullying in this country, and it's enough to cause a court in Texas to say, can't listen to what the Christian thought is, can't listen to the dad's thought, we're going to go with the, tra the strident transgender movement to push transgenderism as a normal thing. And the other aspect of all this is, even if this little boy grows up and turns 18 and says, yes, I want to be a girl since I was three, he's got his whole life to make that transition. But to indulge this at this age, in fact, there are, I didn't get their names before I left the house, ran out of time, but there are numerous authorities in psychiatry, psychology, and pediatrics who will say that parents indulging a child, even if this child really were wanting to become a girl, which is not at all clear he wants that, but numerous authorities will say it is absolute child abuse. To, for a parent to engage in chemical 
surgical, or any other form of medical assistance to move a child from one gender to the other when they are when they are children, when they're babies, even when they're teenagers. In fact, many of these experts will say, many kids with some kind of confusion will straighten out on their own as they get to be 16, 17, 18. But to indulge this is true child abuse. I raise all this to say it's troubling in American culture that we find the views of Christian parents being belittled and mocked and silenced, while the views impressed on the academy, on on psychiatrists, psychologists, and pediatricians by the strident LGBTQ movement are somehow embraced. Other little pieces of this, you hear these stories. You can, by the way, read all the pleadings in the whole case to understand this case, but it's truly egregious. But, you know, you think this LGBTQ movement is, um, you know, is done. They've barely begun to start their fight to confuse, to morph, to change, to to just cause the loss of a sense of God-given identity among among Americans. That somehow your God-given identity isn't what it, it really is. It's somehow what the gender trans the transgender morphers want to tell you it is. But other cases, there were religious parents who lost custody of their teenager, their 16-year-old daughter, for refusing the hormone treatment she wanted to become a guy. We have a school a school district that is permitting a trans policy allowing a girl to undress in the boys locker room because this girl says she's a boy the school is taking the side of the girl instead of the parents complaining about it you have a school punishing a male teacher for refusing to watch a naked girl in the boys locker room and just last week you had a restaurant in Washington DC fined $7,000 because some employees stopped a male transgender strident activist from using the women's room in the restaurant. This was an intentional, you know, creation, street theater, creation of a controversy, a male transgender activist demanding or trying to use the women's room the restaurant employees said, hey, you can't do that, you know, and they asked, they actually made him leave because you wouldn't stop trying to go in the women's room. The restaurant had to pay $7,000 in fines and promise not to discriminate. As I say, these are the harder issues to talk about in America. You can talk about a lot of issues in this country and people say, oh, yeah, yeah, low taxes, strong border, strong national defense, but preserving our culture, preserving the idea that we have God-given identity, preserving the idea that you're allowed to stand up for that God-given identity, that that has a place in the American conversation about our identity is a vitally important thing in this precious country. I'm Debbie Georgias. This is America Can We Talk. We're taking a three-second break. I'm going to come back with the fastest rundown of the most amazing update. Stay tuned. Be right back. Welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. I have a little follow-up for our story yesterday. If you were watching yesterday, we know we spent you know, we spent quite a bit of time talking about the Hollywood actor, uh, last name Smollett, Jesse Smollett, 
who um, appears to have, I'm just going to go out there and say that, he created a hoax, he pretended he was mugged, he got caught, he pretended he was mugged by a MAGA hat wearing, uh, two MAGA hat wearing uh, white people who allegedly had uh, yelled at him with racial slurs and homophobic slurs and then mugged him. And now his two co-conspirators, two Nigerian brothers, because they were arrested, they were questioned as suspects, they told the police, actually, no, no, Justice Smollett set up the whole thing. It was a hoax. We even rehearsed this. He wasn't mugged. This was just a hoax. So they've turned that over. They're now helping the police. The development since yesterday was a federal grand jury was impaneled. And one of the top news sources in Chicago reporting to get news out of the grand jury is saying that subpoenas were issued. They're trying to get to the question. It appears that this same guy, Jesse Smollett, who set up the hoax, actually set up the fake letter, the fake threatening letter sent to Fox calling him, you know, racial and ethnic slurs. They're doing the cutout letters from a magazine. But that was sent to Fox, uh, you know, allegedly from a, with a return address that said MAGA. I mean, seriously. It was just an idiotic stunt. Got sent to Fox. Well, it appears the grand jury believes that Jesse Smollett sent that to himself, sent that to Fox. Was He was the one creating the threat to himself. But the problem now for Jesse is that if you send a threat to the U.S. mail, you're not talking about Illinois law, friendly Illinois police officers who might let it go, who might not prosecute you over the hoax that you made up. You're talking about violating federal law. And the feds are not looking happily on the idea that they had, that Jesse Smollett sent himself a hoax through the mail, sent himself a threat through the mail. So to be continued, last quick story for today. President Trump is trying to secure the southern border. So he did issue, as you all likely know, a national emergency declaration saying essentially he's going to use funds from the military and other sources at his disposal to finish the southern wall. 16 Democrat-run states have filed a lawsuit to stop Trump from doing this national emergency declaration, stop him from using the money to build the wall. I'm just going to tell you very quickly, national emergencies, people are acting like it's the most outrageous thing ever. Trump is using national emergency. Okay, Carter did two national emergencies, Reagan, six, H.W. Bush, five, Bill Clinton, 17, W, 13, Obama, 12. Almost all of those involve foreign countries protecting some foreign entity using U.S. money, some foreign entity from doing something bad. So somehow the national emergency that Trump is raising, that we don't have a secure southern border, that we have... I mean, the number of cr- criminals, the danger at the southern border, the just the completely unsecured border couldn't really be an emergency. But all of these other times, other presidents use the national emergency to 
you know, to raise, I mean, it was for countries, I can't, I, it's pointless, I can list, I could read to you all the reasons these other presidents mustered up the national emergency and authorized spending, but none of them were like this, to protect the American people. So the lawsuit's been filed, 16 Democrat-run states trying to stop Trump. I am not going to predict how the case will come out, but I will predict that this will go down as one more way that Trump stands up for protecting America, and the Democrats do not. What is the reason? Ask yourself, what is the reason when you're a Democrat governor, a Democrat attorney general, that you would sue to stop the construction of a border wall where needed when you have a porous and dangerous southern border? There is no good reason. So whether Trump wins or loses this lawsuit, it'll end up at the Supreme Court, I'm sure. But I will say Trump wins the hearts and minds of Americans who want our border secure. Tomorrow I'm going to talk a little more about what this border danger really is because it gets downplayed all the time. There's so many things you should know about it, so many things to help you understand why this is not just a, a grandstanding, it's not just a popular uh, issue at rallies. It is about securing our homeland, securing the safety and the I identity of a nation state called America. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. This is America Can We Talk. Thank you for listening every Monday through Thursday, 3 p.m. Central Time, right here on Facebook, Facebook Live, on YouTube Live, on many, many podcast aggregators. You can also go to my website, americacanwetalk.org, find all the links, things we talked about today. I'd love if you're on Facebook, if you'd like this page, if you'd share this show, share it on Facebook. If you're on YouTube, subscribe. I'd like to email me at americacanwetalk at gmail.com. This the mission of this show is to fight to preserve this most extraordinary experiment in human liberty, America. Thanks for listening. Can we talk truth about America?